0: All right. We're in the second week of our sermon series. A weary world rejoices, and I love that line from the hymn. Uh, So I want to ask you to think about some things, and then if you'd like to share what you're thinking about, I'm going to call on you and just yell it out, and then I'll uh, share it with the folks that are watching online. And if you're watching online, just type it in uh, what your answer might be. Okay. So I'm going to ask you two things. The first thing we're going to explore are what are the things that you rejoice in, or what are the things that are that are uh, part of your celebration during this Advent season, this Christmas season, the holiday season. What do you love about it? What do you rejoice in? What is something that is positive and happy that you look forward to? Maybe a tradition. So think along those lines, and I'll ask you guys to share those. And then I want you to think about the fact, uh, because a weary world is is a reality, you know, there is, we get tired, we get exhausted, we get weary, and what are some things that, that you know about uh, the human condition that wears us out, that makes us weary, that, uh, that maybe you've experienced or maybe you haven't experienced, but you know that's just a part of being in this world today. There's a weary world that rejoices. So, um, thank you, because I'll probably want to walk over there a little bit more. Um, so, what are those things that re- you call- causes you to rejoice? What are those joyful things about this season? What do you love about it? Maybe it's a tradition Raise your hand, I'll call on you, and if you don't, I'll just start pointing you out and calling on you anyway, so so who's got something? Who's got something? And if you're online, type online. Yes, Lynn. Music, yeah, isn't the music of this season awesome? I mean, it just lifts your spirit. It's something that people start listening to. Some people listen to to the holiday music year-round, but that music, it's just just joyful. It's uh, exciting. it, 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 It is true, something to truly celebrate. What else? Yes. Making cookies with friends. Yes, yes. How many of y'all have a holiday tradition of making sugar cookies and decorating them with... Yeah, so Fran started that with our girls. We, we would do a, a, a Christmas Eve candlelight communion service, which we're going to have that here at Martha Bowman. The 4 o'clock service will be in here. The 6 o'clock service on Christmas Eve will be in our historic sanctuary. So I hope you're making plans to join us on that. But the churches that I've served in the past, sometimes they've had like a midnight Um, throwing in from the Catholic tradition a a midnight uh, service, so I was the associate at that particular church, and so I was tasked with always leading the midnight candlelight communion Christmas Eve service. So uh, anyway, so Fran said, Mark, you're always going on Christmas Eve, so what I'm going to do with the girls is is we're going to make sugar cookies, and we're going to decorate them. So I always missed that, but when I came home, they were already there, and I said, oh my gosh, and these were the ones I could eat. And these were the ones I couldn't touch. Cause, but I always took a picture of them, you know, uh, during the season where you had phones that you could take pictures of things. But, but yeah, c- cookies. Oh, my gosh. And we got some church members that make some awesome cookies. What are some other things that just joyful? Yes, Grant. Oh, I'll just um, swing, swing, around. Yeah, so, so things that you enjoy playing with, things that you enjoy being. i <laughs> my Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's what you get for being on the front row. So I'm glad our youth are on the front row. And so I'll call it. Yes, Grant. What? There you go. I love lemon flavored cupcakes. I love it. I love it. Who, somebody else had a hand up here. Yes? Spending time, with Spending time with family. Yes. For those that have the opportunity to gather with your family, that can be a highlight and a true blessing. Yes, David? Family tradition of going to Fantasy and yeah, In Columbus at, at Callaway Gardens. Gardens? Yeah. Oh, my goodness, 26 years in a row. What a great, great experience. Whether it's cold or whether it's hot, man, it's just—that it, is a great— The Fantasy of Lights at Callaway Gardens, it is a massive, massive light display show. It's awesome. We've walked it. Have you ever walked it before? Yeah, that is a fun thing to do. You, 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 they, they give you a season where you can walk through it, and oh, my gosh, it's just great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes? Lydia? So an Advent calendar— do you do the chocolate one, or you do something that's a little more better? That the I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So an Advent calendar, right? And some of you guys do an Advent calendar, and every day you you open up what it is. Or okay, so you can add you add. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. We always bought the ones that had a little door that you tear open, and there's candy that because Fran knew that I'd like. Yeah, so. So an Advent count or tradition of the count, counting the days up, or counting, you know, uh, Advent wreaths are another part of the celebration that are meaningful. Who else has one? Anybody? This side is a little weak. We need, I need something from over here. Anything? Christmas booties. Christmas booties? All right, that's fun. Yeah, so does somebody make them for you, or somebody buy them for you? <laughs> oh, movies! I thought you said <laughs> booties, like... <laughs> Wow, I I didn't hear that. So yeah, Christmas. Do you make the movies? No, no, no. Christmas booties, booties. No, you meant movies. Yeah, okay. All right. So, what are some favorite Christmas movies? Who's got a movie? Scrooge, Scrooge, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. How many people like that? Elf. Elf, Yeah, It's a Wonderful Life. How many people? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's not the holiday until you start watching some of these with your booties on, right? So yes, Grant. Which one? Home Alone. Yeah, I love people. People love that one. So the movies get you in the holiday spirit. Uh, Yeah, that's just a part of it. In the Christmas booties. Okay, I'm going to be saying that all day. Uh, All right. Two more. Yes, sir? Giving. Giving. Yes, man. I tell you, the part of God in us that causes us to be generous because He is generous is a part of the season. And uh, you guys have been very grateful. Uh, I'm very grateful for your generosity. Uh, A couple of weeks ago when we had the campaign, remember that? Uh, we raised over 53 or so boxes. but food has continued to come in. Um, the food uh, pantry said that we, during this season of year, because of giving, because of generosity, uh, they're able to, to keep their shelves stocked until uh, early in, in the next year. I mean, even up to what did they say, um, July or June of, of the next September? Was it what September? So, we talked about maybe doing something in the summer to maybe help them with the rest. But, but giving, uh, gosh, we got the the Salvation Army is a great place to give to, and just all the great work that all the organizations do. But that's a big part of the season thank you two more two more who's got one anybody food preparations okay and that could be the next one that we talk about the weariness but yeah food all the great food of the holidays yes bam we won't even talk about that yeah oh my gosh yeah Uh. What a terrible game for us Georgia Bulldogs yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Somebody asked me at 830, Mark, you going to talk about football? And I said, no, I'm not going to talk about it at all until one of my, you know, (laughs) faithful Chris, to bring it up. Okay. Um, But we might see them again, right? You know, yes, okay, all right. so the, the the sports, how about that? Just sports of the season, That's great. All right, so, so I was over here with the good things, and doesn't mean this side of the, the stage is good, but, but let me just transition over here closer to Chris for the things that, we, we, are, that are wearisome, okay? So um, the holidays, there's so much joy, we've talked about that, and there's other things that came to your mind we didn't mention, but what, what are the things in our world, maybe things in, in people's lives, so if you say it, doesn't mean that's pertinent to you necessarily, but things that we know about, let's see, that... that It just wears out, that that are wearisome. What are some things that come to your mind? Yes. Yes. The holiday season can be such a joyful time, but it can also be one of the most difficult times for a lot of people, and that is many times because of loss. Uh, My father passed away in 2017 in November, right before Thanksgiving. So our first Thanksgiving, Dad, was just a couple of days after he passed. He passed on the 20th. And then that Christmas was the first Christmas without my dad since I was born. And and so the loss that we experience is tough. Um, uh, And and it doesn't have to be a loved one who passes away. It could be the loss of a lot of things. It could be health. It could be moving and you're in a new community and you've lost that group of people that you've been around during the holiday season and it's so so much a part of the celebration and maybe the tradition that you had lost can can be in lots of things but that can wear us out and make us weary um and sad and and and, and sorrow can be a part of that what are some other things that we know that just wear us out yes pain yeah and you've had to live with that for a long time and just and it, it just wears you out. It's hard to be happy and joyful when, when you're in pain, when you're suffering from pain. Yes, Grant. Kids getting cold or stocky. Oh, so if you're, if you're bad and you get cold, that wears you out. Well, you you probably would never get cold. Where's your mom and dad? <laughs> yeah, so, yes, yeah, the consequences of actions. Okay, how about that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. We, we have expectations, you're right. And, and we want, if we're hosting an event, we want it to be perfect. We want everything to go away. And, and, and Mary and Martha, that was something that was spoken of recently. Uh, you know, Martha's getting everything ready and just how wearsome that can be when you're hosting people or going to somewhere and you want to bring the right gift or whatever it might be. But just all the preparations, and, and if it's on you, then that, that can dr- be draining. Yes, yes. What else? Yes, Exactly. that everything's perfect for them and you want to do everything you can for them. Right. Yeah, so when the expectations are high and you want all these things to go well and they don't go well, um, then that can, or, or, or getting things ready can, can wear you out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, let's do two more real quick. Two more. Yes. yes when you when you 're not necessarily suffering, but someone you love dearly is suffering, and you wish you could help them, you wish you could even take their pain for them and and, and maybe it wears on the person on the caregiver, it wears on the family member it wheres it it just can bring you down one more what, what's a, anything else come to mind Yes Yes, just being on go all the time and not pulling back, uh, Fran preached on Sabbath a while back, because we are such a, we, 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 we almost um, celebrate being busy as as an attribute that everybody, so if you say, how you doing, and somebody says, oh, I'm just so busy, we almost think, oh, that's that's a good thing, which it many times is, because you're accomplishing a lot, but we don't balance it out, do we, Kevin? I mean, we just we, we are just constantly on the go, and God wants us to have this rhythm of work hard, but rest. Work hard, but get rejuvenated. Work hard, but then take time, you know. So that, that rhythm of work and rest is so important. And when we don't do that, we get drained, we burn out. We, get, we, get, we just get burned out. One of the things that I've noticed that I've seen in ministry that I want to share with you um, is um, when, when a person tries to be someone they're not. They're not called to be that, but they want to be that. And when we try to be somebody that we're not, or we try to fill the shoes of some uh, some situation where God's not called us to do that, it becomes wearisome on us. It becomes taxing to who we are. We are to be the person God calls us to be and to celebrate our roles, which is the title of this sermon. And I want us to, to celebrate who God's created us to be and be that person and not try to be somebody else, not try to do something that God's not called us to do, but be secure in who we are and, and do that role, play that part, be that piece of the puzzle God wants us to be, and, and celebrate that and, and experience the joy that comes. So in the Advent season, we always read about John the Baptist, John the Baptizer. When we look at the, the Gospel of Luke, that first chapter, there's more written about the birth of John the Baptist then the birth of Jesus. We see the birth of Jesus in chapter 2, but there's significant amount of discussion and, 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 and sharing of the good news about John's birth because of his role that he played, because of what God had called John to do in preparation for Jesus coming on the scene. And I think there's a lot of things we can learn about John's life that will help us if we start getting weary In being somebody God's not called us to be, or looking at something else and saying, gosh, I wish I could do that, or I want to do that, uh, and feeling uh, insecure about who God's called you to be or called me to be. Does that make sense? So the scripture that's in our bulletins this morning is uh, something that John's father said. John's father, Zacharias, was a priest. He was a called during this season to to go into the holy place to do the ministry that the priest would do at that time. So as he is, as Luke writes about this story, um, and Fran did a good job last week of talking about how Luke got this information. And it was from from eyewitnesses accounts. So Luke probably talked to Mary, probably talked to Elizabeth, probably. So all the things that Fran preached about last week, what Mary said probably luke got from talking to mary herself because he said i talked to eyewitnesses i uh, i researched all these things that i'm writing to a guy named theophilus i want you to know about jesus christ i want you to understand the truth of the gospel uh, the good news and 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 so all these things that we're hearing about john the baptist he probably got from john's parents or probably got from a family member or a relative or the story that was passed on so zacharias john's father is a priest he's going in there he's going in to minister and the angel Gabriel appears to Zacharias and basically says, you're going to have a son, and you need to name him, Je- uh, not Jesus, that's what Gabriel told Mary uh, and Joseph, but, but um, John. And he's going to be a great man, and he's going to be the forerunner. He's going to go before the Messiah, the anointed one, the one everybody's been waiting for, and he's going to prepare the way for the Lord. And many people are going to follow him, and he's going to be great. So Zacharias is like, man, I'm really, really old, and my wife Elizabeth is old, too, and we hadn't been able to have kids our whole life. How in the world is this going to happen? Well, anyway, in the process of this, Gabriel says, listen, you're not going to be able to say anything. you got doubt in your heart, probably, whatever it might have been. So Zacharias comes out from, from being in the holy place, and, and he can't speak. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, what happened? He's trying to do hand signals. He's trying to do all this stuff to tell them what happened. And, and finally, um. um You know, everybody just, but they celebrate the fact that Zacharias must have been something that Zacharias has seen. So let's take a look at what he says. This is in verse 76 of chapter one, book of Luke, and and his dad is speaking of John. He says, "And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High." So man, to be a prophet in the Old Testament was very uh, just a powerful position. He said, "You're going to be a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord." to prepare his ways, to give his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. Verse 78, because of the tender mercy of our God with which, he, which the sunrise from on high will visit us to shine upon us those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. There's other things that, that is said of John. So John comes on the scene, and we read about his ministry. And John is in the wilderness, and John is preaching. And multitudes are coming to John. Now, when the New Testament says multitudes, and then they start giving us numbers, sometimes it's 5,000 men, sometimes it's 4,000 men. We don't know how many women and children. So when he says multitude, he's not talking about 200 people, which is a lot of folks. But we're talking thousands of folks are coming to listen to John. He's got this great following. Soldiers from the Romans are coming and asking him questions. The priests and the scribes are, are seeking him out for insight into what he's doing and why he's doing it. And so um, uh, everybody's coming to John. John is becoming this rock star. This, this massive uh, following is happening for John. And if John didn't stay in his role, and if John wasn't secure about who God called him to be, and started thinking, well, maybe, you know, may, maybe he had it wrong. Maybe I'm... be the messiah maybe maybe you know look at my fame look at my fortune look at look at what's not that he he got a lot of money he 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 purposely stayed humble and all that Uh, but that would have just totally destroyed his ministry and totally destroyed who he was there was a time when people would come and say are you the messiah are you the one that has been promised and he would say no i'm not basically reading between the lines i know what god's called me to do and I'm secure in that, and I'm not envious because I'm not somebody else. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And, uh, and then his disciples were like, John, man, you got all these people following you, but there's this guy named Jesus who, you know, he's, people are starting to follow him. And if John hadn't understood his role, he might have said, well, golly, you know, I, uh, God, what's going on? Why don't you love me anymore? Why, why? But he said, look, he, Jesus, must increase and I must decrease. So he understood the fact that he was preparing the way for Jesus to come and for Jesus to do the things that God had called his son to do. And so in that, you you and I can can do great things and will do great things and are called to do great things. And you and I many times are called to do very mundane things, things that don't get any recognition. But what I want us to do this morning is to realize that whatever God's called us to do, that's what we need to do and enjoy doing it and not feel insecure that it's not something that somebody else is doing that might get a lot of fame and fortune kind of thing. So when I look at John, I mean, he does so many things well. And one of the main things I think that he does well that keeps us from getting weary is he stays in his lane. He knows his role. He knows what God's called him to do, and he's just doing it. Sometimes you might think, well, gosh, what I'm doing is really not that significant. And the tendency is to, to look around and say, gosh, I wish I was doing what somebody else is doing. And, and I want us to, 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 to realize that can cause you to be weary and worn out and un- unhappy and unfulfilled and that kind of thing. Um, uh, you know, because Chris talk, mentioned sports, there's so many great ways of understanding life when we, when, we, when we come to sports. A team sport is so vital when it comes to understanding our role. So if you play sports, you know this. If you played football, a quarterback has a certain role, but a lineman has a certain role, and a running back has a certain role on offense. And if they'll do what they're asked to do, then that play many times can be successful because you've made the block you're supposed to make or you've passed the ball off to somebody else or you've caught the ball that was thrown to you. But you need to do what your role is and not worry about somebody else. I remember when I did youth ministry, a lot of things we did revolved around sports. And one of the sports that they loved to do back then was beach volleyball. So um, the Baptist Student Union at Columbus State University built this wonderful sand pit, and we played vo- we'd go play volleyball over there because they, they said you could, and we did. Um, and I remember we were waiting to play the next game, and we were watching this team play, and this guy on their team who was good would not stay in his, in his area. Okay, there were six people, three on the back, three on the front, Front. they were playing volleyball. And this guy would be all over his side of the court. He never stayed in his place. He was always getting in somebody else's way and hitting the ball over or doing something. And I thought, man, you're hurting your team because you're not playing in your role. You're not playing in your space. And so when the ball got hit in his spot, because he vacated it many times, it was a point for the other team because he was so busy going over here or going over here and trying to hit the ball when that person should be hitting it. Does that make sense? So I remember thinking, I hope we play that team, because wherever he is, that's where we're going to hit the ball, because he, he's, he's in the wrong place, wherever he, whatever he vacates. Um, we never did, because they left after they played. Um, but the bottom line is, the, 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 you play your position, you do what, what you're supposed to do, and, and be secure in that, and if you do what you're supposed to do, then everything works best for the team. Uh, how many of you guys like to do puzzles this time of year? Okay, some people love to, thank you, some people love to do puzzles all year long, but especially this time of year, you'll, you'll get a, a puzzle for Christmas or whatever it might be, or Thanksgiving, and you work on it, because family time, whoever said family, so many times family, and so what a fun activity to do sometimes is putting together puzzles. Well, oh. Fran bought a puzzle for Claire and Ellie, and we watched them last weekend, and I'll talk about parenting in just a minute. <laughs> so, um, so we were putting this puzzle together, and, and, and I thought, man, every piece of this puzzle is extremely important. Because if you don't have that piece and you finish the puzzle, the puzzle's not complete because you're missing this one piece or these two pieces. So every piece is so important, and and that's how God sees it. So whatever God's called us to do, we want to do that and realize our importance. We might not be the face of the person that maybe is in the puzzle, and you might not think, oh, I'm just a tree over here, or maybe I'm a rock, or maybe I'm part of the sky, and there's 27 blue pieces, and we're all the same. No, but everybody's important. Amen? So like I said, we watched our grandkids last weekend, which was a joy. We had a great time, not this weekend, but last weekend. And I remembered um, during our raising our three girls, Fran said, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. Now, not, not every mother can do that, and not every mother should do that. We know ladies that say and this is their experience, you know, Mark, I'm, I'm, bet, I'm a better mom because I work. <laughs> and when I come home, then I can really take care of my kids because I love them. And, 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 but but they were productive at work, so, so it, 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 it works lots of different ways. There's not one way to raise your kids. But for a long season, 10 or so years, she was a stay-at-home mom. Now, she did some volunteer work at the church. She did a part-time thing every now and then. But she stayed at home raising our girls, and so I would be doing youth ministry and seeing kids saved and just, you know, doing all kind of stuff. And I remember one time, I've told you this in the, in the past, like we had an elementary church camp, and it was one of the most, I told friends, "The next to our honeymoon, this was probably the greatest week of my life. It was awesome, and the kids were getting saved, and the Holy Spirit was being poured out. It was just awesome. And I came back, she goes, well, Mary was at school, and uh, somebody had lice, and so we've had, everybody's had lice. So I've been, and Mary has this thick, thick hair, so I've been, I've been doing that. And a stomach bug came through the house, so all the girls not only have been getting live treatments all that, but they've been throwing up all week. So I've been cleaning, cleaning up, throw up. So I'm glad these kids got saved, and you had a great week, but uh, I haven't. So I don't want to hear any more about it. You know, <laughs> see, wasn't that mean? But it was just like you know, it was like so. So, but I'm telling y'all that to say, we look back, and and that was not a waste of her time to be a mom, investing in her children, our children, and and it was it was vital. It was so important. So you might think, well, gosh, my role is just a, a, a stay-at-home mom, or my role is just doing this, or this is all I'm doing at my job. But every person is important, and every task is significant. And so um, it's, it's not a waste of time. And so last weekend we were watching our grandkids. I mean, that's all I did. I blocked off. I did all my work at the church beforehand, and I knew those two days I was just going to do nothing but play with Claire and Ellie. And really, that's all I did. And I was like, man. This is hard to do. <laughs> it's good to have kids when you're young, you know. But, but it's like, but, but I thought, no, I've not wasted two days of my life. I've invested them in my grandchildren, and what a joy that has been to be able to do that. And not everybody can do that, I understand, but the point is, whatever you're doing, whatever role that you play, John had a role to play, uh, and he didn't get out of his lane. He didn't look to someone else and say, man, I, I want to do that. I wish I could do that, or man, I hate that I'm doing this. Especially you students, you guys, I mean, this time in your life, you are to be the best student you can be because this is, this is part of what you're supposed to do during this season of your life. So don't look and go, gosh, I, I can't wait to get out of school and, and do whatever. But man, just enjoy the time you're a student and be the best student you can be. And, and, and that's just a part of the role that we play. That's a part of the, the season of our life. And, and we're weary when we try to look for something else or do something else or want to be something else. Um, I want to share another concept before I close. And that is sometimes in your life as you're being the best student you can be or you're doing whatever it is God's called you to do, there's things that he says, okay, now you've done this for this season, but this is what I want you to do now. And the idea is, is he might say, okay, I want you to get out of the boat you're in this comfort zone or you're in this season, this is what I'm calling you to do now. It might not be for the rest of your life. It might just be for a season. But when God wants you to do something new or when an opportunity opens up for you to do something new, God will give you the grace to step into that, even though it might be intimidating or even though you might think, oh, this is too difficult for me or I don't have the skill set to do it, but I feel like God's calling me to do this or volunteer here or whatever it might be. There is this wonderful grace on us to be able to step into that new opportunity to to do whatever it is. And if we do that, we might be tired at the end of the day because we've worked hard or this has been exhausting for us, but it's going to be this good tired. It's not going to be this weird thing. But if we don't step into that opportunity, then there's this, gosh, I missed the boat. I missed the opportunity. Let me give you a quick example. Larry Frills is a member of our church, and he goes to our 830 traditional service. And uh, he was... uh, God called him to to move to Macon, and work with the Helsaba uh, Children's Home. And so when he got here, um, there wasn't hardly anything there. And so uh, God used him to help build a lot of the buildings, to have the paving, to do all this kind of stuff. And it was way out of his comfort zone. It was just it was way beyond. What he felt like he could do, and it was like, my Mark, I was stepping out of the boat into the unknown, but I knew that's what God called me to do, and step by step by step, God met him, and there was just powerful miracles and testimonies of people's generosity and, and people coming to do this. Like, he had to have these things surveyed, and he didn't know a surveyor, and all of a sudden, this guy knocks on the door, and he says, hey, listen, I'm from Atlanta. I'm a surveyor. God told me to come here, and he's like, what? Uh, I need some surveying done. Oh, my goodness, and how much will I owe you? He goes, no, God told me to come, come just come do it, so he did that, and, and all kinds of testimony and test after after of, of things being built on the property and, and him doing things but it's is that he stepped out into God's grace he stepped out into God's calling for his life and so you might feel like God's asking me to do something God's asking me to to do this or I'm feeling a nudge to to, to do whatever it might do or, or maybe pull back and not do what I was doing whenever God leads you into something or guides you into something He's going to give you the grace to accomplish that. He's going to give you the, the ability to walk on that water like Peter did. He's going he's to give you what you need, and it's not going to be a wearisome thing because He's going to sustain you in it. Amen? So two things real quick while I close. One is whatever God's calling you to do now, man, don't look to someone else. Don't, don't try to be something that you're not. Do the best that you're doing right here. But then if there's something new God's asking you to do, if there's something new you're supposed to step out onto, if there's a new opportunity be obedient and step out in that because God's going to give you the grace to do it. Amen? Don't long for something and just step into something and say, I want to do something new and, and, and say, God, please bless what I'm doing. But, but if you know God's calling you to do this or encouraging you in this and you just feel the leading of, of God to do something, step out into it because there is going to be grace. There is going to be his guidance in that. Uh, and we'll take a note from John's book, and that is, man, there's just, just going to be grace to do what God's called you to do. Amen? Let me close us in prayer. Father God, as we think about John the Baptizer, as we think about his amazing ministry, about his life, and how he was the forerunner for Jesus, um, one of the things, Lord, I learned from John is that he, he was grateful for his role, the role that you called him to play, the, the opportunity they had to, to be that piece of the puzzle that beautifully prepared the way for Jesus. And Lord, sometimes we get weary when we aren't happy with where we are or we think we need to be somewhere else and, and we don't just enjoy to the fullest where we are. And then sometimes, Lord, when you do call us to step into something new, um, we might feel intimidated by that. We might not want to. But, Lord, encourage us to, to be obedient and to step out. And when we do that, Father, we, we experience your grace. We experience your blessing. We, uh, we, we know that, that you go before us. And, uh, and, Lord, for those that are weary right now, Lord, maybe they're changing diapers and they think, "Man, I'm just wasting my life." Come around and encourage them, Lord. Um, if they feel like their 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 job doesn't matter, or man, I just hate being a student and I just hate taking tests and when is this going to be over, Father? I pray that today you'd encourage each person, uh, Lord. If there's someone online and they're just like, "Man, I just I, I, I I'm just so oh I just I, I just don't have any joy, Lord." I pray that they would be able to see. Um, that their life has great meaning and Lord as they just do what you've asked them to do uh, it might be block it might be tackle it might be catch the ball it might be throw the ball uh, Lord there, there is uh, in your economy um, faithfulness and Lord that causes us all to, to experience gratitude and joy Oh, may you minister to each person here today Lord as we continue to desire to be the person you've called us to be in Jesus name Amen.